Good morning, my name's Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at Bridgman and uh, we thought we'd take the opportunity this morning to do something a little different. So I'm actually sharing with you from uh, the rooftop of our venue here on 81 Elizabeth Street in the heart of Brisbane City. It's a stunning morning, the sun is out, uh, but nonetheless it's just beautiful still to be sharing with you the Word of Christ, who Christ is here this morning. One of the things I love about coming here to Brisbane City is the accumulation of different people all in one place. As I walk through these streets, you will see people from every different walk of life. You'll see men and women. You'll see young and old and middle-aged. You'll see people who are locals, some who are tourists. You'll see some people who are on their way to work, some people who are having leisure. You'll see those who might have more money and those who might have less. You'll see Americans, you'll see Australians, you'll see Chinese, you'll see South Americans. In fact, you'll see, see people from most of the different nations on earth. You'll see those maybe who don't have a home. You'll see those who are on their way to their home. Not only will you see people from all different walks of life, but you'll see people doing all different sorts of things. Some on their phone, some riding bicycles, some playing in the park, some standing and talking, some having coffee, some working hard. You'll see people who are tradies. You'll see people who are up on, roof, up on roofs. You'll see people washing windows on these massive tall buildings. And sometimes I've had these existential moments. I don't know whether you've ever had one of these before as well, where I've just stopped and I've looked around and I've observed all the different varieties and types of people all doing different things. And I've thought to myself in, them, in, in that moment, is there anything that brings us together? What in fact is it that brings us together? Or is there nothing? Are we destined to live separate lives? This person from this walk of life doing their thing, me from, from my background and my history and who I am doing my thing and sort of crossing paths only by the fact that we're here in the same place at the same time, but essentially living separate lives. Over the last few months, uh, I've had the opportunity to get to know one of the students who've come from China here to study in Brisbane City, and we've, we've spent some time together, and I've really enjoyed spending time together. Uh, we saw Mount Kutha, we've, we've eaten together, and uh, he's about to head back to China in the next few weeks. And as I've been thinking about that, as I've been contemplating and we've been sort of farewelling each other in that regard, I've had a bit of a sinking feeling, I must admit, as I've thought about this. That uh, this man who I've come to know over the last few months is going to go back to China and, and live his life in China in a totally different place. And maybe we'll have some connection over messaging and I'll live my life here in Brisbane and, and we'll live in totally different places and seemingly there will be nothing that brings us together. And uh, I must admit, as I thought about that, I, it, it, my heart sunk a little bit. Because there's something in us, there's something that actually wants this togetherness. There's a part of us that wants to be able to say, no, we are all one. There's part of us that wants to be able to say, we're all a part of, of one family, that no one's excluded, that these barriers that we sometimes put in place, we want them to be brought down. We want there to be a sense of collective, a sense of union. 
every four years we have that event, or usually every four years, we have that event called the Olympics where uh, representatives from every nation get together and, uh, and spend time together, I suppose you could say. They compete against one another and, and particularly at the opening and the closing ceremony, as those, as those performances are made at these ceremonies, there's this sense of, of communion, of togetherness. And, and truly, as we see those ceremonies, I think the thing that rises in our heart in this moment is that this is right. This is the way it's meant to be, in fact. We're looking for a center. We're looking for something that we all have a share in, that, we, that, that brings us together, something which is central for all of us that we can meet around. But something that is not temporary. See, that's the thing with the Olympics. After two weeks, everyone goes to their own individual places and that, that unity essentially ceases in that moment. We're looking for something that is not temporary, but permanent. Our hearts are looking, in fact, for a place of meeting that is eternal. I want to share with you this morning an account that comes to us of Jesus' life from the Gospel of Mark, a, a fascinating, a encouraging, strengthening story of who Jesus is, an account of His life. This is what we read. Then they, the disciples and Jesus, went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs, and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. This is, a, this is a saddening description of a man's existence. As we read of, of the way this man is living, of what his life is like, our, our hearts break a little bit. There's a, there's a sympathy that, we, that our hearts go out to in this man. Here's a man that if you passed in the street or if you passed as you went past, cemetery here in Brisbane, you would think to yourself, what is there between this man and me? What is there in common? What is there that, that brings us together? He is seemingly cut off and separate. He is he's distant from society. He's cut off seemingly from all other human sympathy. Keeps himself locked up under the control of this impure spirit. But listen to what happens in this moment as Jesus walks past. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. This was the, the impure spirit speaking. It says, For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Skipping down to verse 15, we read that when the people came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and 
told them about the pigs as well. Jesus had cast the impure spirit into the herd of pigs. And then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. In this account, we see a man who is seemingly completely separate, seemingly has nothing to do with everyone else. And yet in this moment, Jesus delivers him. He frees him. He he puts him in his right mind. And in doing so, he announces, he declares what is true. He declares that there is a ground of fellowship between every man and every woman, no matter seemingly how far off they are, how separate they seem, there is a center for every man and for every woman. Here is the center we are looking for. It is the man, it is the God, Jesus Christ himself. I know many of us have owned this man as our Lord. But you know, that stranger that we walk past in the street as we head to work in the, in the morning, that we haven't yet talked to, that person's Lord is Jesus Christ. Just as my Lord is Jesus Christ. Just as your Lord is Jesus Christ. That stranger has a heavenly Father the Father of Jesus Christ, who is your heavenly Father and my heavenly Father. That stranger has a deliverer, has someone who is their Savior. And it is Jesus Christ, whose Savior, who is my Savior and who is your Savior. Jesus Christ died to redeem that stranger just as he died to redeem you and he died to redeem me. Perhaps the person who you walk past in the street in the morning is yet to acknowledge Jesus Christ is their, is their Lord, doesn't yet acknowledge this fact, this eternal fact, that they are created in Christ Jesus, that Christ Jesus is their head. Perhaps they're still living in deception, still th- living a separate life, cut off from God, cut off from Christ, bound up maybe in some way like this man that we read of who was possessed by an impure spirit. Maybe that's even their story, this stranger who you walk past in the street. This does not change the eternal fact that they have a heavenly father, that they have a Lord, that Jesus Christ is their deliverer, that they can call upon him to be saved from their sin. These facts do not change that Jesus Christ is pursuing them in love that God loves them still, even while they are living a separate life cut off from Him. He has not given up on them. What we affirm is true about God in relation to us, that He loves us, that He is seeking us, that He is our Heavenly Father. What we affirm to be true in that regard about us, we must affirm to be true in regard to every person that we meet. Every man and every woman that we encounter on the street in this city. Jesus said this interesting statement uh, when he was with his disciples just before he was going to go to the cross. He said to them, you did not choose me, but I chose you. See the ground of our unity is not that we confess Christ, 
My relation to you is not that you confess Christ and that I confess Christ. My relation to you is that He is your Christ and He is my Christ. It's Christ Himself. It is that He has chosen us and called us to Himself to be His brothers, to be the sons of His heavenly fathers, the the daughters of His heavenly Father. When we confess Christ, when we believe, we are simply recognizing what is true already, that He has called us, that He has claim over us, and that this claim existed long, in fact, even before we recognized it. Just this last week gone, uh, I was with a, uh, a family who have recently had a newborn, and it was just a beautiful time together. And uh, in this moment, I got this opportunity to hold the newborn. I'm, I'm a, a dad now of a couple of years, and so I have a little bit more confidence uh, holding these newborns in my arms. And so I took this new little girl. She was only a few days old in my arms. And in this moment, it, it, was, it was honestly a, a special moment. If you've, if you've experienced that before, you'll know how precious it is just to hold this brand new life in your arms. And in this moment, I thought to myself, you know, I was thinking to myself how close I felt to this, this brand new little girl. I was holding her in my arms and, and I, I was holding her whole existence really, her whole physical life in my body in that moment. I know that God was truly holding her, but, but I felt close to her in that moment. Then a thought came to my mind, you know what, this little girl who's a baby now, she's going to grow up. And in 20 or 30 years, I'm definitely not going to be holding her in my arms like this. I'm going to be an older man and she's going to be on with her life. She's going to be uh, growing up and, and I'm sure she'll, uh, she'll get a job and she'll have a family probably of her own. And, and I thought to myself, man, what are, we going to, what are we going to have to do with each other in that moment? You know, we feel so close here right now. In 20 or 30 years, maybe we'll be living in different cities Maybe we'll be in and around each other, but we certainly won't be close like we are here in this moment. But then another thought struck me. That's not actually true. You see, the basis for the closeness that I have to this newborn baby is not that I'm in physical proximity to her. The basis for our unity right now here in in 2022 is not that she's a newborn and that I can hold her in in my arms. The basis for our unity is that her Lord and her Heavenly Father is my Lord, Jesus Christ, and my Heavenly Father. And that's an eternal fact. And in 20 or 30 years' time, whatever she's doing and whatever I'm doing, wherever we are, maybe across the world, that fact will not have changed. It is eternal that Jesus Christ is the Lord of every man and every woman, that every man and every woman has a heavenly Father who loves them, who is is seeking to be in closest relationship with them, who is, in fact, the very ground of their being. My my friend from China who's been studying here, who's who's heading back to, to live his life in China as I live my life here, we, in fact, have one heavenly Father and we have one Lord. And this is the bond of any fellowship that we can have. This is the ground of our unity. See, as I look up at at the sun now, 
His Son is the common center for our solar system. All of the planets in our solar system, they orbit around the sun. It's the gravity of the sun, the pull of the sun that holds them together, that, that unifies them, so to speak. There's a common center for our solar system. And as there is a common center for humanity, His name is Jesus Christ. He's come and given His life so that we might know the truth that He is in fact our center, that we can be one in Him, that there is something that brings us truly together. And it's our relation to Him. Jesus came testifying to this truth, this truth which we had forgotten as we were living our separate individual lives, seeking to make ourselves the center. Jesus came to testify to the truth that I am the center, that I am the light of the world, that anyone who comes to me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And as we center ourselves on Him, we will meet one another. We will be unified together. He is the ground of our unity. As Jesus was just before He went to the cross, He washed His disciples' feet. He washed the feet of the man who was going to betray Him. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, He cried out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. You see, even in these moments, in the hardest moments of Jesus' life, what did He witness to? He witnessed to the truth that He was committed to these individuals, even as they perpetrated these, these horrific sins against Him, even as, they persecuted, even as they persecuted Him. He was their Lord still. He loved them still. He wanted them to come and center their lives on Him still. And so we too can testify to every man and every woman, no matter where they are today, no matter what they've been doing in their past, no matter where, which country they're, they're in, that there is a common Lord, that there is one man in whom we meet, one man who is our center, who brings us together. And so even this week, as we look out across our world and as our world seeks to find its unity in lots of other places, as it seeks to say, hey, here's, here's the thing that holds us together, maybe a government, or it says to, here's the thing that holds us together, maybe a particular ideology, maybe even something as simple as food or as sport or as a culture. We can witness to the truth and in fact, God calls us Jesus in His name calls us to witness to the truth that there is a center, that it's Him, that it's His love for each one of us that brings us together, that unifies us. The great quote that comes from Charles Kingsley, which, which gets at this very thing that we're talking about. He says this, my friends, let us try to follow His steps, follow the steps of Jesus. Let us remember all day long what it is to be men. That it is to have everyone whom we meet for our brother in the sight of God. That it is this, never to meet anyone, however bad he may be, for whom we cannot say, Christ died for that man and Christ cares for him still. He or she is precious in God's eyes, he shall be precious in mine also. So this week, let's testify to the truth. 
Jesus Christ, the center of humanity, the center for our city, the thing which will bring us together. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you that you revealed this truth to us in the life, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to reveal to us not only your Heavenly Father, but our Heavenly Father. And you came calling us to yourself, calling us to Him, saying, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will lead you to my Father's house. I will bring you to Him. And so I pray, Lord, for every man and every woman who is listening to this, who is hearing this, God, that we would live in you this week. That we would live around our common center, Jesus Christ. That we would find ourselves in Him. And in doing so, find ourselves in relation, in reconciliation, in union with one another. May we witness to what is true. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's bandaging the broken, or washing filthy feet. Here I am, Lord, send me. If it's loving one another, but when we don't agree, here I am, Lord, send. If I'm poor, if I'm wealthy, I'll serve you just the same. Here I am, Lord, send me on the mountain or the valley. I will choose to praise. Here I am.
as we sing this together. And when I'm standing in your glory, I'll be glad I chose to say, Spirit this morning uh, to remind us firstly of your great love for us Lord you love us so much that you would send your only son for us but also to remind us that it's your love that compels us Lord to share your love with the world Lord we cannot keep this to ourselves you are the hope of the world Lord Jesus you have commissioned us called us anointed us by your Holy Spirit for this very task to be your hands and your feet, to be your church, Lord, locally and globally, reaching out to tell all people the good news of you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for David and Karis, Michaela and Alaya, Lord. We pray a special blessing over them today, Lord. Thanks for their example, Lord. Thanks for their heart. And thanks for the blessing they are to us as a community of believers here, Lord. And I pray you'll, you'll move all of us, Lord, to go this very week, Lord, wherever you should take us, whether it be across the street or further, Chris and Noreen here heading to the Philippines, Lord, wherever you take us, that we would be available, ready to go, sensitive to your Spirit's prompting. Use us, we praise your people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. If you'd like prayer, some of our prayer team would love to pray for you down the front. Our new prayer lounge is up the back corner as well. If you'd like to use the prayer lounge, someone would love to pray for you there as well as our connections lounge. And do feel free to come and Say hi to David and Karis and Alaya and Makala as well. But God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing with us this morning.